hui 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 a kite kau papa hui 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 a kite ora hui hui a mai engai we o te motu home yeah hui yeah taiki on the hui this week. The Minister of Foreign Affairs, the Honourable Nanaia Mahuta, is live to discuss policy, the Pacific, and pressure heading into this year's election. We're with esteemed Māori tikanga and reo expert Tāpō Temara as he talks about his new pukapuka. Plus, we meet the auntie who knows heaps and has found her own fan club online as a supermarket savings guru. I mean, you got to stretch these dollars. You know, we haven't got any dollar trees on this section at all. None. Ko te akaka o te rangi ki te hunga kuariro no reira e karanga maru e te hoa witemara. Moi moi rā. Ko te akaka o te whenua ki a tatau o te autūroati hewa Māori ora ki a tatau katoa. And welcome back to the hui. From dealing with the Russia-Ukraine war to the rising tensions between the US and China, fraught relationships across the region, the impact of climate change in the Pacific, and the UN Oceans Treaty, Foreign Affairs Minister Nanaya Mahuta has more than enough kaupapa on her plate. But it's far from smooth sailing at home either, from the raru-raru over three waters to the devastation left by Cyclone Gabriel. All that and an election too. The Honourable Nanaia Mahuta joins us live now from Parliament. Te minita te nākoe. Te nākoe, Julian. Kia Thank you so much for your time. I wanted to start at home, if I may, Minister, particularly in your electorate, Hauraki Waikato, and we know that parts of the electorate were hammered by Cyclone Gabriel, and for some, like the Coromandel, they've been battling the weather for years. Do you think we can actually build back in parts of the region that were so severely impacted by the cyclone, or do you think we need to really seriously consider, quote-unquote, managed retreat? I think it will be different for different parts of the country. And first of all, from Hauraki Waikato, every local leader, iwi leader, recognises that Cyclone Gabriel had a particularly devastating impact uh, in Te Taira, Te Ngāti Kahununu, and we all rallied around to support them. In my own electorate, there were particular vulnerabilities, like in Te Puahaua Waikato, Port Waikato, where we've got low-lying areas next to the river and coastal areas which are particularly vulnerable. And it's a productive uh, sector uh, in terms of horticulture and agriculture. So uh, there were uh, some damaging impacts there on livelihoods, as there was across the Hauraki Peninsula and along the Ngātia Plains. And predominantly, we had communities locked off because of uh, erosion and the impact on roading into those regions. So we will need some specific uh, responses in relation to the effects felt there. Similarly, in Whaingaroa, the road uh, washed out, which limited uh, entry into that particular community. Managed retreat is a big uh, issue, uh, significantly facing a number of uh, communities, and we're just going to have to work through those challenges as we think about building back, as we think about uh, where, whether we need to relocate, in some instances, homes and or marae. It's also exposed vulnerabilities, Minister, in particular in infrastructure. Do you think, and I know you're no longer the Minister for Responsibility in this area, but do you think it's strengthened the case for Three Waters? 
It certainly strengthens the case for a more integrated approach to the way in which we invest in all infrastructure, take those areas that were critically impacted, uh, communications, roads, uh, energy, as well as water services. We're needing to think more strategically as a country as to how we address those particular uh, issues which are at the core of maintaining livelihoods. Uh, and that is both uh, uh, thinking about our short to medium term response as well as our strategic challenge, which is to get this right so that we have more resilient communities going forward into the future. Minister, I also want to talk a little bit about the personal cost because you're probably aware of the ongoing use of your image and in particular of your identity and culture for those shoring up support against Three Waters and co-governance. And I just wonder what that's like to deal with, particularly when you have Tamariki who are of the age that they are, who understand the use of your image and identity in the way it's being used? Well, I think people are trying to whip up a, a very negative sentiment around the place of the treaty, issues of co-governance, conflating it with Three Waters and then trying to work up a, uh, a negative sentiment and a fervour of fury against some very practical aspects that we need to confront as a nation now. If we do not, uh, then we are putting generations of New Zealand back tenfold in terms of a financially sustainable way of funding for example, water's infrastructure, and addressing a significant issue, which is what kind of nation do we want to be? One that continues to reinforce the values that make us so special and unique, or one that creates fear and disharmony? And I certainly know where I sit on both those fronts. Mm. We need a financially sustainable way to fund infrastructure going forward into the future so our children will be better off. And we need a sense of national identity that builds from the best of our heritage and the best of those cultural values that say we're a special place to live in and we want to continue to be like that and we want to continue to foster the values where every New Zealander feels that they are a part of this country. But what about the personal cost? though, Minister, because this has come as an attack against you, against your whānau, against your people, and there must be a cost to that and the impact on that, of that on you directly and directly on your whānau. Yes, well, you know, it's not helpful uh, seeing memes and cartoons and negative images as a part of a negative narrative being promoted against the issues that I have been trying to advance. My whānau do feel uh, personally impacted. Uh, my iwi feel like uh, they need to be uh, defensive about all of this, but we've got to put it into context. Mm. Uh, those people and organisations who are promoting this negative narrative are a small part of New Zealand, I believe. And I believe most New Zealanders are fair-minded. They want a better go for all our kids, and they actually want to evolve past uh, some of the harshest experiences that we've had as a country dating way back into the 1860s. Uh, so in my mind, we have to elevate the conversation to a place that is well-informed, well-articulated, and have the best interests of all New Zealanders at heart, not go down a rabbit hole where there are small-minded views being fostered for a negative, divisive uh, purpose. Can I confirm, though, Minister, are, are, you, are you standing 
to be the MP for Hauraki Waikato in this year's election, and did you reconsider given the vitriol that you've faced recently? Yeah, look, every three years when an election comes up, you always reconsider, have I done enough or have I uh, gone as far as I can go? It's been my privilege to serve Hauraki Waikato. I have uh, put my name forward to stand again, and ultimately the decision is in the hands of electors in Hauraki Waikato. If they think uh, that I've done enough, uh, they will support me. I believe I have uh, a lot to give our region, but I also believe that during this difficult time when we're dealing with so many complex challenges both domestically and internationally uh, that I bring a different perspective around the decision-making table uh, for the benefit of Hauraki Waikato and the country at large. Minister, let's talk about some of those international issues. The Prime Minister, the current Prime Minister, said that the approach to our foreign policy will remain the same as that under the former Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern. So can you tell me how has an Indigenous approach to foreign policy been implemented and strengthened under the approach of the current Prime Minister, Chris Hipkins? Yes, well, first of all, New Zealand has a long-standing track record of defending its independent foreign policy. At the heart of that independent foreign policy are things that we have experienced that have impacted on shaping the identity of a small country based in the Pacific and how we reflect our values in, across the world. Take, for example, a nuclear-free Pacific based on our experience. That has been a defining part of the architecture uh, that we continue to say is important for our region and sets regional norms. The fact that we uphold international rules and norms because we know as a small country we need those rules and norms to govern the way that we relate uh, to the global community, the way that we uphold, for example, our values around the Pacific, uh, preservation of stability and peace. And then when we insert an Indigenous perspective perspective, what we are signalling to the rest of the world, that ultimately our relationships will matter more and more in a complex and challenging time. And if we do believe that relationships are at the heart of all sorts of arrangements, whether it be for security purposes, addressing climate change, uh, for trade and economic benefits, the Indigenous to Indigenous connection adds another layer and dimension that will continue to put New Zealand in a different light and in a way that we can assert those types of interests that are good for all of us. Do you, and will that lead, gee, there's so much more to ask, but will that help lead the way in which you interact in your next trip to Fiji, which is happening next week, I think, given the new government there, and of course with Sitaviti, uh, as well as the new Prime Minister there in Fiji, is that going to help, is that going to be the way in which you engage in Fiji over the next few days? Look, the Indigenous perspective that I bring to the Foreign Affairs portfolio has, has flavoured all the visits that I've had to date, whether it's been to Canada, the UK, uh, up into the US, uh, across into Southeast Asia, uh, when I think about uh, Malaysia, Indonesia, uh, UAE, the Indigenous perspective has been an intrinsic part of how our how I convey New Zealand's interests. What that's provided is 
an opportunity to, to make that cultural connection and for countries like Japan, for example, to say we want to deepen that cultural connection because inherent in that is a respect for each other's perspectives on the way that we view the world, what is happening, these really strategic geo-strategic challenges, complex challenges, yeah. and the way that we think about our advantage and opportunity by working together uh, into the future. And it, it's, it, it's an exciting time. It is indeed. Thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. The Foreign Minister there, Nanaya Mahuta. E hāreake nei i tātātou hui e tīwi, ko Aunty knows heaps te kaupapakei te paerua, me tāna whakararata i aiano ki ngā tamatoa o te aoriki. She's a West Auckland teacher aide who's making a name for herself online under the moniker Auntie Knows Heaps. Angela Tefata is the brains behind the hilarious social media account, delivering budgeting tips in an entertaining way. As the cost of living crisis continues to bite, Rarani Pereira learns more about the clued up consumer auntie we all need in our life right now. Okay, so you've got number one warrior's stalker freak here. Not in a creepy way. Hi. <laughs> I'm coming to interview. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Ange. Nice to meet you. Oh, you too. Thank you guys. too. She's a hardcore Warriors fan, but West Auckland's Angela Tefata has attracted a strong social media following of her own as supermarket savings guru, Auntie Knows Heaps. My total was $582. My first Costco video was, I think it was about three weeks after they opened and me, me and my friend went up there, did some shopping and then I came home. I've already run husband. Um, and let him know, so he's got hours and hours and hours to calm down before he gets home. Nah, he's not that. So I just chucked my phone in the kitchen and I was going through all my shopping. These are 20 bucks. These will probably last us for ages because I don't see many people using them in this house. When I finished, it was 25 minutes and I thought, oh, no one's going to watch this. But I thought, ah, oh, who cares? Anyway, I just shoved it on the page okay. and it just went crazy. Now, these are wide butts as well, so wide. It won't miss anything. And people were laughing, like, quoting stuff that I was saying as well. <laughs> Her home videos also feature the mum of four's whanau. Mum started making videos from, like, lockdown, I yeah. think. When lockdown first Just started. little ones. Like, funny for ones for the family. Sometimes it gets really boring when you're out doing the fruit and veggies. So then you just have to... When she does videos in public sometimes, people will be staring at us because they'll be trying to figure out, is that the lady of Facebook? And we're just like, Mom, people are staring again. Like, <laughs> I find they have been cool, man. Like, they have, actually. My husband's, he just he just rides along with it. Say goodnight to my puff. Lemon meringue over there. What do we call them? Apple crumble um, with custard. Uh, yeah, could someone ring the police, please? This guy's harassing me. He's trying to get me to do the housework. I'm lucky I've got someone who who just lets me be me. 
So last night, old um, pumpkin pie over there, he says, oh, what time are you allowed to mow your lawns in the mornings? Because I don't want to wake the neighbours up. I said, oh, 7.30 or 8 o'clock or something. I don't know. I said, I wouldn't do it before 9. Now it's 1.30. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's 1.40pm and I'm like, why are you so concerned about waking the neighbours up? I'll say to him, oh, is it okay if I put that on? And he'll say, oh, yeah, might as well. I'm like... Are you sure? <laughs> well, no, he's cool with it, so, yeah, we're tight. It was our anniversary yesterday, and I thought, well, since Auntie knows heaps, I'll do a bit of uh, marriage advice. There's so much natural, funny stuff. Anyone can do it. Don't get freaky if you don't want to get freaky. Um, girls, you know, I know you sometimes might feel obligated on annual events to put out. You don't have to. <laughs> and people are responding to it, and so, you know, I'm like, oh, well, Let's do this again, try this again, and see what happens. All right. Ugh. I hate these. Three out of ten. Don't buy them. Well, you got to put that there. You can't undo it. You can't reseal it. Come on, man. Just put a tag or something on it. For me, it's light-hearted stuff. It's nothing heavy. I don't do politics. Uh, this is a little tip for <clears throat> people. They sell deodorant at... Um, She's not just here for the laughs. Her videos also offer consumer advice. 220 grams. Welcome more than ever in these cost-conscious times. 19.99. So we've got enough. I worked it out for six months. If that's if we do a load a day. So everyone's looking for savings these days. We all need it, you know, mortgage rates, inflation, blah, 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 all that sort of boring stuff, but we have to eat. And and I'm a bargain hunter myself. This little baby here is normally $22.99, but today, boys and girls, we're going to save $5.60. I mean, you got to stretch these dollars. You know, we haven't got any Dollar Trees on this section at all, none. Our next big purchase is going to be... Uh, freezer because we're actually running out of room here. We definitely had our struggles financially, especially when our kids were really little. I also think once you struggle, you're more compassionate, more understanding towards others who who struggle. And I always keep that in the back of my mind, like how, I know how hard it is. But I also know you can come out the other end too. And do you know what Arini is? What food, what kai arani is? Orange. Outside of her crack-up Facebook Lives and TikTok videos, Ange has been a kaiafina teacher aide for the past 16 years. I love my day job. Make it a little bit bigger than your circle. So it's just working with children, like it could be helping with learning needs or they might have special needs. Sometimes those children might be a bit misunderstood and quite often they're a little bit isolated from the other children. So I get to be that child's friend and hopefully in some way like uh, helping them to grow a bit. Okay, so Warriors had another loss, um, big one. It's taken two days to be able to talk about it. She makes no secret who her favourite sports team is. 
I love my warriors. Everyone knows this is our year. I, although this year is, I think it is, actually. So ahead of their 2023 season, the Warriors welcomed Auntie Knows Heaps to their team headquarters. You're cool, man. Oh, you're aggro ass. I love you. I love watching you play. All of you. I love all of you, watching all of you. Are you pretty strict on what you have to eat or nah? Everyone's diet's different, but um, there's obviously markers you have to hit. <laughs> is there food you're not allowed? Like, are you allowed to go to Macca's or KFC? and stuff like that in the season, or...? For me, if I have Max for a game, I'm probably not going to perform at my best. Yeah, so, yeah. And yeah, maybe after games is when you can spoil yourself a bit. It's probably when I eat my snacks. You get one, you get one, you get one. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Westside! <laughs> See, it's a W, Westside Warriors! It's a dream come true for Auntie and lived up to all the hype. I love you. <laughs> And as for Anja's game plan, she hopes to make more auntie videos to bring a bit of joy into people's lives. You know, we got the craziness happening around Aotearoa at the moment. There's a lot of stress out in that world. Here we have a supermodel. And when someone says you make them laugh or you've made their day or something like that, I'm like, oh man, that's, that, that fills me. Yeah, that's, I love that. Keep laughing, keep laughing, Aotearoa. Okay. <laughs> is one of Te Ao Māori's most renowned tohunga and leaders. The tūhoi historian, academic and te reo and tikanga expert has carved a career which spans a number of decades. But his latest book, Te Rau Takitahi o Tūhoe Ki o is one of his most special works to date. It examines the role of his tūhoe tūpuna who fought at the Battle of Orako during the New Zealand Wars in 1864. Reporter John Boynton spoke to Tāpō about the book and the legacy he wants to leave. The treaty was signed here at Waitangi 182 years ago. When people think of a modern-day tohunga or expert, Tāpō Temara is usually first on the list. He's a trusted source of mātauranga on tikanga, te reo Māori and history, from universities around the world to the Waitangi Tribunal. He's come a long way from his upbringing deep in the nahere of the Urewera Ranges, but his latest work, Hero Takitahi o Tsuhoi ki o Rako, takes him on a journey through the history of his people. You mentioned this book's been in your life for the last year and a half, but I'm guessing it's been with you your whole lifetime. What's within these pages? You are right. Um, Orako has been uh, part of my growing up. And people think that the history of Orako is, is something that uh, we are just discovering and writing about. No, Orako was there when I was a child. The Battle of Orako in 1864 was the final stand of the Waikato Wars. The people of Tsuhoi were asked by the chief Riwi Maniapoto to support his people in the battle against colonial forces. My grandfathers, my granduncles, uh, my kuya, they, they, they were talking about it. 
it was a great part of their lives because they were closer. The people who were talking about it actually saw and lived with the people who took part in the Orako conflict. The book is an account of Tuhoi involvement in the Battle of Orako. An estimated 50 men and women from Tuhoi went to Orako, with around half being killed. I thought about my own ancestors, my own uh, tipunas, my own kuia and kroa who had died at Orako. I needed to talk about the politics of Tuhoi involvement at Orako. Uh, I needed to talk about uh, Orako from a Tuhoi point of view. Everything about Orako concerning Tuhoi had been written from a non-Tuhoi point of view. And as a little boy, you talk about going to Orako mm. and then going back when you were older, you know, and now you've got this book out. Does it feel like you've gone full circle? Yes, it does. It, it, it feels that um, I went to Orako uh, when I was, uh, when we came out, nearly, I think I was 10. I might have been the only person of that age uh, in 1957 uh, that went to Orako and uh, on to Tequiti. Had been an academic for many years when we went there in 2000 and uh, talked about it the book 23 years later. Yeah, seems like a full circle. This book is the latest chapter in the long career of Tapo, who was knighted for services to Māori in 2019. I have this voracious appetite for, for knowledge going to where I've not been before. I don't allow myself to be static. I don't allow myself to be um, confined by doctrine. You've talked about your connection to your kaumātua. How is it for you now to be a kaumātua, now that you're, you know, at this stage in your life? Frustrating because, you know, um, when you do become a kaumātua, you realise uh, that uh, when you look back, you've come a long, long way and you realise not long to go. And that doesn't mean that, to say that uh, you want to get to the end of the, the journey. No, I don't want the journey to end. But realistically, there's not far for me to go. But in that time, I want to achieve as much as I can. How do you wrestle with that, I guess, that desire to keep learning and keep pushing yourself, but realising, you know, time isn't endless? Yeah, well, that's right. One of the things that I haven't forgotten is to do my morning rituals, my morning karakia, and that is one of the things I always talk about, you know, give me just a little bit more time <laughs> um, just to achieve the things that I haven't yet achieved. What do you hope people who read this work, if there's one message they can take out of it, what is it? That they could be proud of their kuya, of their krova, who went to Orako, and especially those who died at Orako. The book ensures their immortality. And um, uh, if their kuya and krova live, uh, the descendants will continue to live too, because the achievements of their uh, kuya and krova are also their achievement. Coming up next week on The Hui. Remote, rugged, and it's unreachable. 
just guess it's a place where you couldn't go, but you heard about it all the time, and it was sort of like that out-of-reach place. Imagine still holding on to thousands of hectares of your whenua Māori, but you can't get there. That's been the struggle for over a century for the Central North Island people of Mōkaipātia. O te te whakarārā haere ngā kōrero te hui i tēnei wiki kwa taupukiake ngā mahi. You'll find links to our stories on our Facebook and Twitter accounts or at newshub.co.nz or check out the whole show again on YouTube. Thank you very much for watching this week. Kia mau ki te tūranga o taputapu ātea. Haumi e, hui e, tahi ki e. Nā te puna whakatonga rewa, te hui i tautoko.